This, this is the Pat O'Keefe Show. Yankees are nine and six, and they trail the first place Rays by four games. Uh, Toronto's ahead of the Yankees, also at ten and five. Nets lose game one in Philadelphia. It wasn't close. Uh, don't expect that series to be terribly close. 121-101, the final score. James Harden against his former team. Not many of his former teammates, but his former team had a terrific game of 23 points, 13 assists, and seven three-pointers. There's a great game going on right now in Sacramento between the Kings and the Warriors. There's some really intriguing first-round NBA playoff series. There's also some duds. Brooklyn-Philadelphia, I think, falls in that category. Boston-Atlanta definitely does. The Celtics won game one, 112-99. to I'm not expecting a ton of excitement from the Nuggets-Timberwolves first-round series that begins tomorrow or the Milwaukee-Miami series that begins tomorrow. But the Knicks-Cavs and game one was a great game. That is a very intriguing series. This series that we're watching right now, Sacramento leads Golden State 110-108 to with 4.30 to go. As I say that, Clay Thompson hits a three-pointer, so Golden State is up by one with four and a half minutes to play. That's a really intriguing series. The Lakers and Memphis is a great first-round series. I don't think the Clippers and Phoenix is. If Paul George was playing, I would like that series a lot more. I don't think it's going to be that competitive, Clippers being shorthanded and being without Paul George. But we're talking about the Knicks, and we're talking about their 101-97 win over Cleveland in Game 1. The Knicks have a lead in a series for the first time since they wrapped up round one of the playoff series against the Boston Celtics in the spring of 2013. It has been 10 years since the Knicks led at any point in a playoff series. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back to the phones and go to Sharif in New York City. Hey, Sharif. Hey, Pat. How are you? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm good. Hey, um, everybody's talking about everything else during the game, but nobody mentioned how great the Knicks played on defense. And, you know, the Knicks, as an overall team, since Hart has come over to the Knicks, they've been a great, much better team. And I just wish somebody could tell Barrett to stop shooting because I think every time I watch a game, I feel like he shoots like 25% from the field and like 85% when he goes to the basket. So I hope somebody just tells him to go to the basket and stop shooting. And the Knicks have a better coach. They out-hustled Cleveland. And, you know, the the Knicks team is so deep that it reminds me of, like, when the Mavericks played Miami and the reason why they won because their team was so deep. So, you know, I think that overall together, that's what I see. And that's the key against this Cleveland team that's not deep at all, Sharif. And that's a good call, and you made a couple good points. The Knicks defense was terrific. And Mitchell hurt them, but he's the only guy who hurt them. Garland was their second-leading scorer with 17 points. He only attempted 13 field goals. He was 7 for 13 from the field. Shot the ball pretty well. Um, Jared Allen, double-double, 14 points, 14 rebounds. He held Evan Mobley to 8 points. Nobody else even scored in double figures. Mitchell was really good. Uh, He had a slow start. The latter end of the second quarter, he got hot. He got hot in the fourth quarter when they went on that 16-5 to run, but you withstood it. And Spot on about R.J., and anybody who watches the Knicks knows that. R.J. Barrett's three-point shooting. Now, it's been streaky throughout his career. He has had stretches where he's shot the ball very well from three, like over 40% for an extended period of time, a month or months-long stretches where he shot over 40%. But we haven't seen that really since before the calendar turned to 2023. 
It's been a long time. It's been since before the injury, the freak injury that he suffered with the gash, the laceration in the Dallas game right after Christmas. He hasn't shot the ball well. And he hit a big three-pointer tonight. It felt like every Knicks three-pointer was a big one because they only hit eight of them. You know, Randall's two in the first half were big because he was the only one scoring, and his one was six and a half to play in the fourth quarter was huge. Hart's three-pointer was the biggest three of the game. Toppin's three-pointer in the third quarter helped push the Knicks' lead back up to eight. And R.J. Barrett's three-pointer, similar. It was a big three-pointer at the time, but he was one for five from downtown. Now, tonight, Barrett just didn't shoot the ball well either. Anyway, he uh, one for five from three-point range, one for seven on twos. But, yeah, when Barrett puts his head down, drives the ball to the basket, Mitchell did a good job on him defensively. And Mitchell's not known as a stout defender. In fact, last year, he played no defense in the Jazz's first-round playoff series loss to Jalen Brunson and the Dallas Mavericks. But he played good defense on R.J. Barrett today. Barrett, credit to him, did other things to help the team. Six assists, that's significant. That's something. Four rebounds, four steals, that's also something. The Knicks forced a lot of turnovers, and not just forced turnovers, but capitalized on them. And this was a big key in the game. Points off of turnovers, because both teams turned the ball over too much. Knicks turned the ball over 16 times, that's a lot. But only 10 points off of turnovers for Cleveland. By contrast, the Cavs had 14 turnovers, but that led to 26 Knicks points. So basically, just about every time Cleveland turned the ball over, it resulted in two points for the Knicks. And you could just look at little things like that as differences in this game. Second chance points and offensive rebounds, another one. The Knicks had 17 offensive rebounds, leading to 23 second chance points. Cleveland, which has a big front line. Allen, Mobley, terrific rebounders. Just 11 offensive rebounds for the Cavs, leading to 12 second-chance points. And you talk about second-chance points in that final minute. Isaiah Hartenstein helping the Knicks keep an extra possession. And then Julius Randle with the Knicks up by two. And Brunson missing a shot in the closing seconds, swooping in from the top of the key to grab an offensive rebound and kick it back out to Quentin Grimes, who was fouled and hit the two free throws. That sealed the win for the Knicks. The Knicks made two enormous plays on the offensive glass in the final minute. Boy, Sacramento is more than hanging in there. They're up 122 to 118 with 211 to go. Can they close it out against the defending champs? All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to Sandy in New York. Hey, Sandy. <coughs> Hey, Pat, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Brooklyn, good. I just want to say congrats to the whole organization. Uh, growing up on Red Holtzman basketball, I felt like I waited 50 years for a game. It's like a heavyweight championship fight. Just want to make a couple observations. I mean, for one, I think what you said about a hard shot was spot on. But two, I think Thibodeau substituting Hartenstein and Grimes for uh, Barrett and uh, Robinson at the end was very key. And I'm happy for the fact that, you know, not to be negative, but, you know, Barrett's game, he can't get what he wants. He misses a lot of layups. I know he did some other good things, but he's not efficient, and not as the rest of the guys are. And Thibodeau finally saw it, and he he made the right moves. And even the front office deserves a lot of credit. I think the Hart trade was as good a trade as we've made since the Busher. Uh, I mean, the guy is just unbelievable. Um, it was just a great win all the way around. And we didn't play our absolute best because it was tough defensively, but it was just a great game to watch, and it's going to be an amazing series. Yeah, we'll see if they can carry it into the second game. 
because all you, the things you just said were great. Sandy, thanks for the call. Barrett's not efficient. Even last year when he averaged 20 points per game, and he almost reached that figure this year, he's not an efficient scorer. He's a volume shooter. Um, he's streaky. He really hasn't been the same offensively since his injury, and it's going to be difficult. And here, here's, here's the point I want to make about Barrett because I tried to squeeze it in before the break at the last hour. Barrett gets a lot of criticism, okay? He's, of all these young Knicks, he's the highest profile. He was picked third overall. You, you look at all, all the young Knicks draft picks that are in the rotation from recent years. Robinson, he was a second-round pick. Grimes, 25th overall pick. Quickly, 25th overall pick. Toppin, eighth overall pick. Barrett was picked third. The expectations for Barrett are higher. Barrett has always carried himself like a star. But let's just point out that Barrett has had a better career and a better impact on the NBA than those other players. Yet he is not as well-liked or popular because the expectations for R.J. Barrett are higher. And Barrett gets a lot of criticism. I think, and I've noticed this, and it's you know it kind of makes me laugh and chuckle and shake my head, but People in my business, in my line of work, who do this or try to do this for a living have been highly critical of R.J. Barrett because when you're in this business, you try to make a name for yourself, okay? And you try to take a stand that maybe doesn't make a lot of sense, but if you yell loud enough and you sound confident enough and have enough conviction in what you're saying, sometimes people tend to think that you know what you're talking about, and that's not the case, okay? R.J. Barrett isn't a perfect basketball player, okay? But R.J. Barrett, for what he should be in his career, is fine. He, he is. He's fine. He's in his fourth year in the league. He was the third overall pick in the draft, okay? The guy who was picked directly behind him, by the way, was in this game tonight, Darius Garland. He's been an all-star. He scored 17 points, and he's the starting point guard for Cleveland. Is he further along in his basketball career than R.J. Barrett? Yes, he is. But how about the guys that were picked ahead of Barrett? Barrett's biggest knock against him are the two guys that were picked directly ahead of him. And that's no fault of his or no fault of the Knicks because the two guys that were picked ahead of him are mega, mega stars in this league already. Except one of them never plays basketball. Zion Williamson is a mega star, except he doesn't play basketball. And he doesn't play basketball. He dunks during warm-ups before playing games when his team's about to get eliminated, but he doesn't actually play real basketball. So would you rather have that guy or would you rather have R.J. Barrett, a guy who takes the floor every game? Everybody on this team takes the floor every game. John Morant ran into some personal issues in February, March, spent some time away, but he is one of the young stars in the NBA. But now there's more of a spotlight on him because of his recent behavior and his suspension. And his team is in a very difficult first-round series where, yes, they are the favorite and they're the number two seed in the Memphis Grizzlies, but they're taking on a Lakers team that could certainly knock them off in that first-round series. So we'll see how that impacts where, where John Morant is. But R.J. Barrett, here's the thing with Barrett. Because he can't find a spot in the closing group for the Knicks from time to time doesn't mean that he is A, a failure as a draft pick, or B, the Knicks signed him to a bad contract extension last offseason. The Barrett signing last offseason was important. It was an important signing for this franchise because they had not had that one guy who they picked in the draft 
and developed. He got better every single year, year one to year two to year three. R.J. Barrett got better every single year. And after year three, they rewarded him with the contract extension, over $100 million. Now, did he regress this year? Yes, he did. That happens. It doesn't mean that it's a steady decline for the rest of his career. The guy's as hard a worker as anybody on this team. And every single season, until this one, by the way, he improved. Now, something happened around Christmas. It was weird. There was a weird cut that he suffered in that game against Dallas and left the game early in the first quarter and ended up missing a week because of a severe laceration on his hand. And he really hasn't been the same since then. I don't know what it is, but he hasn't been the same since then. He was starting to play well when that happened, though. He was going through his usual RJ season, his usual progression. He's notoriously a slow starter, and then he gets better as the season goes on, and he actually has a few stretches where he is hot. And he didn't really have those the second half of this season. And he's struggling with his confidence right now, and he's struggling with his role. Because here's the thing. You look ahead in this playoff series, and I laid this out before, Tom Thibodeau's rotation. Brunson, Randall, Hart, center. Whether it's Hartenstein or Robinson. Those four guys are on the floor crunch time. That leaves one spot for either Barrett or Quickly or Grimes. Tonight it went to Grimes. Quickly had an off night. Barrett had an off night, and credit to Tom Thibodeau. He coached this game differently. He put Grimes in with 2.12 to go when normally Tibbs, by the five-minute mark, has settled on his closing group. But he not only switched it up at the RJ spot, but he also took Mitchell Robinson out of the game and put in Isaiah Hartenstein, and Hartenstein had one of the crucial plays of this game down the stretch. Sacramento clinging to a one-point lead, final minute. They have the ball. Stephen Curry, 30 points. We'll keep you posted on that. And we'll continue with your phone calls at 1-800-919-3776 here on 98.7 ESPN New York. This This is the Pat O'Keefe Show. First playoff game, first home playoff game since 2006. They fell behind by 10, and they win this game over the Warriors, 126 to 123. They do this thing, light the beam in Sacramento, which is pretty cool. At the end of every win, the star of the game hits a big button and a big purple kind of laser shoots out of the, it's a light, shoots out of the roof of their Golden One Center, their arena into the sky in Sacramento. It's a great basketball town. You're happy to see uh, fan bases that haven't enjoyed a lot of success be able to enjoy this. And that's a huge win for that franchise, knocking off the defending champs in game number one. Similar to Cleveland, right? Cleveland, they had a great run, obviously, with LeBron. Um, couple of great runs with LeBron, but they still haven't won a playoff game without LeBron since last century. So, you know, Knicks hope that streak continues into next year and perhaps beyond. Uh, but Sacramento, uh, excuse me, Cleveland um, and the Knicks game number two in Cleveland will be on Tuesday night. And that's going to be interesting. Is it a wake up call for Cleveland or is it just a matter of the Knicks are better? I think the Knicks are better. I think the Knicks, watching tonight and how it unfolded and Cleveland's offense and how reliant they are on Mitchell. Mitchell was good in this game. He was really good with 38 points and uh, six three-pointers. And the Knicks were not great offensively. You know, We've had a bunch of callers 
uh, complain about R.J. Barrett's night, and he did not have a productive night offensively. Neither did Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, neither did Quentin Grimes. And the Knicks still found a way to win. And that's what you have to do in the playoffs. You have to find a way to win. All right, let's go back to the phones and uh, check in with Freddie in Brooklyn. Hey, Freddie, what's going on? Hi, Pat. How are you? Freddie, you there? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Okay, good. Just a few points here. This was a great win, a character win. And I think Tibbs had an excellent game. He showed confidence in his bench and made some some crucial um, substitutes at the appropriate times. I think Cleveland, of course, is going to make some adjustments. Therefore, some other guys will have to pick up their games. I'm confident that Quickly and Grimes will have rebound games. But I think the X factor here is RJ. For us to win three more games that is needed to win this series, I think RJ has got to have at least two very good games for us to win. So even though we know that um, Brunson and Randall will have their usual games, but we will need somebody to give us that extra push over the line. And I think that's where RJ will come. He will have to have a good game for us. Thank you, Pat. He's the most likely candidate, Freddie. Thanks for the call. He is the most likely candidate to fill that role. They do need an X-factor. Tonight it happened to be Josh Hart, which you weren't really expecting. Points are at a premium in this game. This is a weird game. First of all, there weren't a lot of points. The offense this year in the NBA has exploded, and we're used to seeing um, you know, these really high-scoring games. Like Philadelphia scored 121. Boston scored 112. The final score of Sacramento Golden State that just finished was 126 to 123. The Knicks and the Cavs didn't even combine to score 200 points. 101-97 was the final score. You had six players in this game in double figures. One of them had 30. It was Donovan Mitchell with 38. So there weren't a lot of points in this game. You did get your usual production from Brunson and Randall, despite Randall coming back from the injury, but they combined for 46 points. That's about what you get from them during the season. The nice thing about this Knicks team, you need the X factor. And again, tonight it was Josh Hart with his 17 points doing the dirty work. It doesn't have to be just one guy. Barrett is the most logical candidate because he's the third leading scorer on the team. And he is outside of Randall and Brunson, the third most proven scorer on the team. I mean, he is a 20 point a game scorer now, basically two years in a row. But it doesn't have to be him as the X factor, but it needs to be, there needs to be an X factor, whether it's Barrett whether it's Emmanuel Quickly, whether it's Quentin Grimes. And tonight it was none of them. Quickly, Barrett, and Grimes, let's see. Field goal percentage, 3 for 16. 3 for 20. 3 for, wow, that's worse than I thought. Uh, 3 for 21. 3 for 21. They took 21 shots, and they made 3 of them. And on 3-pointers, the 3 of them combined were 2 for 11. So, yeah, that's a bad night. And yet your team still wins. And yet your team still wins. Let's go to uh, John in L.A. He's been waiting. Hey, John, what's going on? Hey, uh, I wanted to talk about tonight uh, about how good uh, Brunson really is. I don't think we've had anyone like a player like this in a very long time. Clutch player. You can make the clutch shot when it counts. Um, And, you know, when you compare that to RJ's night, he's just being so weak and not playing well at all. He... There was a few loose balls that he didn't even go after. And, you know, Mitchell just ran and got it over him. Um, it's it's just kind of like sad to see because this guy was, you know, coming out of college with so much potential and he's just not even trying right now in the playoffs. 
It makes I don't think sick. he's not trying. I don't. I don't agree with that. What about the loose balls? First quarter. He didn't get to the loose balls. It doesn't mean he's not trying. Well, I mean, I, I just think, you know, if, if, if you're in the playoffs, uh, two loose balls that Donovan Mitchell gets over you from, you know, four steps away, uh, that's not okay in my, in my estimation. Listen, I will say this uh, about also- Barrett. Barrett's not – he's not the same player right now, and he hasn't been for a couple of months. But, again, we, we get calls that – it's t- that he's such a disappointment in this and that he's not. It, I mean, I, the t- the sense I get from some Knicks fans is that we that that the team should move on from R.J. Barrett, and I I couldn't disagree with that more. I really couldn't. Well, you're you're right about that, but at this point, Tibbs is going to play people over him. I hope. Uh, especially, he did tonight. Um, he he did tonight. Yeah, yeah. And, and and he should and and he should and and a final point. Um, I you know I've watched Donovan's game the past uh, few weeks. He's very ball dominant. Yes. I don't, Ever. Oh, and um, the point guard we got right now. So that's that's another point. Wanted to see what wanted to see what you thought of that. Well, it's funny. And thanks for the call, John. You know, when before he was traded from Utah, and it seemed like the Knicks were the front runner. You're trying to conjecture what the compensation will be and what the trade will be. And if you remember the reports on the Mitchell trade, and what the Knicks were supposedly interested in giving up, or what Utah supposedly wanted from the Knicks. It wasn't until after Mitchell was actually traded to Cleveland until you learned that R.J. Barrett was supposed to be part of the trade. I don't think anybody expected that. You know, the names you heard were some combination of Quickly, Toppin, Grimes, Deuce McBride, um, although he wasn't moving the needle, Evan Fournier because of the salary to make that match up. But R.J. Barrett was not in those conversations. So you started to think, you know, since R.J. Barrett, in my mind, wasn't going to be included in the trade. All right, what does the Knicks starting lineup look like if you trade for Mitchell? Even if you trade Grimes, Toppin, and quickly. Um, You essentially would have done, by the way, what Cleveland did to acquire Donovan Mitchell, which made their team better, but at what cost? Because... They completely wiped out their depth. If the Knicks had a starting lineup of a well, Mitchell Robinson, although he might have gone in the trade too, but let's just say a center with Brunson, with Mitchell, with Barrett and Randall, how would that work together? That would be very, very difficult with those four players on the floor at the same time. They're all pretty ball dominant. I mean, we know Mitchell is. We know Brunson is. We know... Randall is, and Barrett's a guy, even though he'd be clearly the fourth option in that scenario, Barrett's a guy who likes the ball in his hands a lot too. So would it have been a perfect fit? No, it wouldn't have. It, this is, it's, a, it's a very tough spot for Barrett for a couple of reasons. This, he, there's a spotlight on him, and it's one game, and he did not shoot well. He did some things well. He did not shoot or score well in this game, so it was a tough start for Barrett. And I spoke about this with some guests last week on this show. There is a significant spotlight on R.J. Barrett because he was involved in those trade talks. And every time he's matched up with Mitchell, Knicks fans are saying, we don't have Mitchell because we didn't want to give up this guy. And between that and the fact that he already wasn't playing great down the stretch of the season, between the fact that Think about the last time the Knicks were in the playoffs two years ago. Barrett was the third option on the team. It was Randall. It was Rose. 
and it was Barrett was the clear, clear number three option. And the idea of R.J. Barrett not being on the floor during crunch time two years ago when they went to the playoffs or last year when they missed the playoffs, that wasn't a thought that crossed anybody's mind. And now that's a very real possibility. In fact, it happened tonight in game one. And it's probably not the last time this series that that's going to happen. It depends on what the game calls for, who Tibbs is going to turn to. He turned to Grimes tonight, and I'll be honest with you. I think if Quickly didn't have a bad shooting game, that spot would have been Quickly's. But Quickly didn't make a shot. Barrett was 2 for 12 and had a costly turnover during that 16-5 to run that led to a Donovan Mitchell layup and helped the Cavs cut the Knicks lead to 13. And that's right around the time where Tibbs turned around to the bench and told Quentin Grimes to go check in. And Grimes eventually came into the game with 2-12 left, the Knicks down by one, and they outscored him 9-4 to the rest of the way. Take a quick break, more of your calls, and we'll look ahead to game two. Knicks lead 1-0, 101-97 over the Cavs, 98-7 ESPN New York. It's in essence a sophisticated heat beam, which we called a laser. This, this is the Pat O'Keefe Show. Next one, game one, 101-97. What can we expect? What are we looking for in game two? Brunson not to get in foul trouble in the first half. That hasn't happened much at all this year. Julius Randle between now and tip-off of Tuesday night. Two more days to rest and heal the ankle, although he looked very good moving around the court. I think the, the biggest drawback for Randle physically today was that it seemed like he was tired, not bothered by the sprained ankle. Um, R.J. Barrett, Quinton Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly. Again, three for 21 among the three of them. Obi Toppin was terrific. Josh Hart was terrific. Isaiah Hartenstein was terrific. The bench was awesome, except for Quickly. And Quickly's the best bench player in the league. At worst, the second best bench player in the league. So there are... It's not like you played a perfect game and held on for dear life to win. No, you didn't play the perfect game. There are a lot of areas where you can improve. The defense was great, though. I think the defense was the best part of this game for the Knicks. Holding the Cavs to 43% shooting, holding the Cavs to 32% shooting from downtown. Mitchell took 16 three-pointers, but he made six of them, so that's a good percentage. You take that away, they were four for 15 from downtown. So the rest of the team knocked down four three-pointers. Chetty Osman had two, and Darius Garland had two, and that was all she wrote from downtown for the Cavs. So game two on Tuesday night. Let's go back to the phones. Richard in Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Oh, Pat, I hope uh, Nick fans were vindicated by uh, Julius Randle. He played a great game. Gutty, gritty. We wouldn't have won this game without Julius Randle. No question. I mean, he would. And to win with RJ and quickly playing that badly and Grimes shooting that badly, it goes to show you. All the pieces they kept because of not trading for Donovan Mitchell really meant something. So maybe it's something, you know, to consider. All the players you have. Josh Hart was the key. And, of course, uh, Randall and uh, and uh, Brunson the second half. But uh, it was a great win. This was a great win because they really didn't play that great. And yet they had the lead for, I think, 47 minutes or 46 minutes out of the 48. So... I mean, you know, it was a great game. I'm, I'm really, really happy. Uh, <laughs> you know, we have the home court advantage now. 
So I don't, I don't understand why we got to wait till Tuesday. Why they had two days off in between the games? I mean, it's ridiculous. I guess it's good for the uh, Knicks because of Randall. It's good for the Knicks in yeah. this case. So I it's, guess it's I for should television, play. right? Because it's the weekend today and tomorrow, so you can put four games on TV each day. But you don't want to. They don't like to put more than three games on. Uh, Is during, that the reason? Monday the they got night. three games also? Monday night, they, Monday they're going to have three games? Sometimes, it'll be either two or three games. Let me see. Monday night they have two, but then Tuesday they have three, Wednesday they have three, Thursday they have three, Friday they have three. So, yeah, Monday uh, they have two games. Oh, so this is strictly not to put games competing against each other. Well, you can't avoid it. Like, even when you have three games, there's some overlap between two different networks, but it's easier to squeeze three in than it is to squeeze four in during a weeknight. Right, so they're considering – yeah, but on Monday they could have squeezed the third game in. I don't understand. You know, they're squeezing three in on Tuesday. Why not three on Monday? I mean – Two days in between when they're still in the same place. That's ridiculous. Well, have a fun 48 hours in Cleveland. Yeah, I guess. But I guess it's an advantage because of Randall's injury. Knicks played great. And Thibodeau was masterful in the substitutions, went to take guys in and out. Did a great job. It was a great win because they didn't play that great. But yet, you know, I never had the feeling they were going to lose the game, though. I really didn't. Even when Hart got up slowly and Cleveland took that one-point lead, I really wasn't that. I was worried, but uh, really it was a great win. And I mean, this reminds me, Pat, of the old, old Knicks when they used to play the Celtics right after they won their first championship, like in the early 70s, and they were on the way to win their third, their second championship that won 50 years ago in 73. They had to get through the Celtics, and that was always tough. This, you know, this was really tough, and uh, they got through it. So very happy, and very happy for Randall, because that guy's much maligned here by the fans, and uh, you know, for what he does and what he can't do, and it was great. I, I'm really so happy for the Knicks, so happy for the city, and you know, the Knicks fans, we go wild when the Knicks win. So this, you know, this is big. We didn't even take a one one nothing lead against Atlanta two years ago, if I remember right. We That's lost correct. that first game at home. Yep, and this that is took, the first sort of time. Took, They've led in a series in 10 years since they beat Boston wow, in the so first that took, round. Wow, so that took the wind out against who? Against the Celtics, right? They we beat, beat the, the Celtics, Celtics in the first round. Since then, right. they haven't before even led we lo- in the series. Before we lost Indiana. Right, and they never right. led in that series either. Imagine that. So our first uh, advantage at the, in, in the playoffs. Pat, it was great. Let's just keep it go- going. And uh, you're doing a great job too, Pat. Nice to talk to you. Always a pleasure. Thank you. You too, Richard. Enjoy your night. Thanks for the call. Yeah, enjoy it. But it's only one game, so don't celebrate yet, and they're not. It's a big night for Randall. The big winners tonight are number first and foremost. Well, I shouldn't say first and foremost. This is It's hard to order them. Randall's the biggest winner of the night because he is maligned. And I had a couple of callers during the show. By the way, talk about fans going crazy. We started this show at about, what, 9.15? Harvey, 9.15, I think. And, uh, yeah. It's been it's been wall to wall Knicks. It's been wall to wall Knicks calls. What they they win, and I love it. I mean, we 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 love you. I'm not complaining, but it just shows how much passion and enthusiasm and excitement there is for this team. And it's a it's a starving fan base in terms of not a lot of success in recent years. We all know that. Do you and, think, Pat? Real quick, do you think that if we just did a 24 hour radio show until tip off of game two that would still be on Knicks. You want to try it? Should we just stay here past midnight? I'm here. I got nothing else to do. Yeah? <laughs> you got to go home and watch replay of that Red Bulls win. I do, actually. Yeah, your, so you know, I'll, I'll call someone. Take over my spot. 
the big winner tonight was Randall because he has been much maligned by the fan base. And by the way, some of it deserved. Okay. I'm not saying it was, it's completely unwarranted, but Randall, and I've spoken about this on recent shows is underappreciated by the Knicks fan. What he did tonight, rushing to get back and not only just rushing to get back, but like they needed him in the first half. If he didn't score 16 points in the first half, the Knicks don't win this game. Brunson's a big winner tonight because he did exactly what he was brought here to do. Remember, Brunson was so much better during the regular season than I think than I expected him to be, and pretty much everyone expected him to be. He ended up being better during the course of the regular season. I don't think anybody was expecting a 24-point-per-game scorer, which is what he turned out to be, a borderline all-NBA player, which is what he turned out to be. What Brunson was supposed to do when the Knicks signed him as a free agent was be the guy to take and make the clutch shots in the big spot. What he did during the regular season, becoming a borderline all-star, a borderline all-NBA player, a 24-point-per-game score, all of that is gravy. What he was supposed to do is exactly what he did tonight, and he did it despite having a very slow start to this game. Six points in the first half, 12 in the third quarter, nine in the fourth quarter, including two of the biggest shots of the game. So Brunson's a winner for doing exactly what he was brought here to do, and Josh Hart's a winner. It was his first ever playoff game. Josh Hart was the third best Nick on the floor. He was the third best Nick out there tonight. He played the second most minutes, 33 minutes. Only Randall played more. By the way, this is interesting. Because Tom Thibodeau is the coach who always relies on his starters and plays them big minutes, 37, 38, 39 minutes, and burns them out. Here's the minutes totals for the Knicks starters tonight. Randall played 34, Barrett 31, Brunson 29. Now a lot of that was foul trouble. Grimes 27, and Mitchell Robinson 26. Okay, so nobody played more than 34, and only two of the five starters played at least 30 minutes. On the other side, here's Cleveland starters. Mitchell, 44. Garland, 43. Allen, 43. Mobley, 38. And Okoro, 23 minutes. Cleveland doesn't have any depth. And that's the biggest advantage the Knicks have in this series. We'll take another break, come back, and put a bow on the Knicks game one victory here on 98.7 ESPN New York.